Bureau Insurance, stop knocking on wood. Ivy Tech Community College, presenting partner of the IHSAA. Learn more about higher education without the high price at ivytech.edu. By Franciscan Health, inspiring health. Wilson Sporting Goods, official ball of the IHSAA. Forte Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, the official sports medicine provider of the IHSAA. By Kinetico, life is better with Kinetico Water. Sharp Business Systems Indiana, saluting great athletes and even better students. Dellen Automotive, experience the Dellen difference. And by the Indiana Fever and Indiana Pacers, proud presenting sponsors of the 49th Annual IHSAA Girls Basketball State Tournament. This is Indiana's game. We are Indiana's teams. Visit IHSAATV.org to catch a full replay of today's broadcast or IHSAA.org to keep up with the high school and your community. This is your IHSAA.
If you're wondering where you can find news, sports, agriculture reports, news of community events, obituaries, and more, if you don't hear it on the radio at 92.7 FM, check out WZBD.com. There's even a tab for the radio auction. Keep up to date with WZBD.com. Good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to the Hager Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted once again by the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. Once again, we're live from Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. And, uh, Dane, a lot of wrestling this last past week. Uh, seemed like we were on the air almost every night this week, but uh, we got her done. Yeah, and we're into the postseason now, and as we've said, we've talked about this, we've had this conversation multiple times. Everybody take a deep breath and enjoy it. Because if you try to wish every week away for the next four weeks, you're going to end up driving home from Evansville just as sad as a dog. <laughs> so enjoy it. I know that with Wednesday being the seating meeting this week, I think that kind of builds some anticipation up. You wait for things to happen on Wednesday, news to trickle in on Wednesday night, but you're probably not looking at sectional brackets until Thursday or if Robert wants you to, not till Friday. Yeah, Robert determines what uh, when he turns them on, turns them off, doesn't he? Yeah, later in the show, we're going to go through and do our projections for what the sectional seeds are going to be. Of course, no one knows what kind of lineup changes are going to be in there. We feel pretty confident in where Adam Central is with their lineup. I don't see South Adams really in a position where they're going to make a ton of moves. I do think Belmont, with their forfeit now, they have an option, right? They've got two guys with Franzi and Loshi that they could probably move up a weight, down a weight, depending on where they want to go. I know we're going to talk to Coach A.J. Bradley from Muncie Central later on in the show. He's got uh, one of those dilemmas as well, as uh, when you do have a forfeit in there, the one nice thing is you can kind of say, okay, this kid, I can move him up a weight, maybe get him into regional instead of losing and trying to take fifth place, those types of things. But it all goes into it, and of course, all of this has ramifications for, for Team State next year because... How you score at sectional really affects that, that team state qualification score. It's always interesting uh, this time of year anyways to see, you know, who is healthy. Uh, we've seen, uh, I know that Coach Meyer at Jay County, he's got a couple of guys that I think are not going to be in his lineup that he anticipated would be at the beginning of the season, and uh, that is going to play big in the sectional draw. Well, yeah, where's, is Cameron Clark going to be in or is he going to be out? I think I would say, based on what I've seen, and this is total conjecture, I don't know, but I would think that Clark gets seated 
on Wednesday. But whether or not he wrestles, I don't know. Because when you don't get – if you put a guy in and he doesn't wrestle, he drops down to the sixth seed, which is kind of a nice place to be if you do end up with a backup there. So I could see Clark getting seated on Wednesday if he is iffy. And talking to Coach Myers on Friday night, he's iffy. Yeah, he, he, Coach Myers didn't know as of Friday night. It's not going to do any damage to put him in there and then drop him out. So I think that's what – the one thing that you can't do – for those that are unfamiliar with this or never coached wrestling, you, you can't enter a guy, get him seated, and then move him. So if Clark's in, that's the only weight that he can go, obviously. And I don't think it's a matter of him shifting weights. Um, but you can't take his back up and try to seed him somewhere else, and then Clark doesn't yeah. end up wrestling and then shift him up. So that's one of the things that you're going to look, look for. Later in the show, we're going to talk to Mike Reiser, and he's kind of got his, uh, his finger on the pulse around the state about some of these types of situations when it comes to injury and weight changes and those types of things. And every once in a while, there's a, there's a change. I remember the big one. That's probably been a decade now. But you remember when uh, Luganville for Adam Central switched weights after, between conference and sectional, and it made a big difference, and there was a lot of talk I remember about Caleb Hankinson a couple years ago, whether he was going to stay at his weight, whether he was going to bump up. Um, those are all interesting conversations because when it comes down to it now, it's really about each individual's path moving forward. And if one individual thinks that he has a better chance of making it to his goal by bumping up a weight, then, then he does it. You know, I think as a coach, if you know your wrestler is not going to be there, I don't think you seat him. I don't, I don't even think you put him in a seating meeting and let the true seeds go the way they should instead of put a guy in, seed him one, and then all of a sudden the seeding meeting that he's not there, and then you just let him scramble all around. I think you seed him straight up with him not being there with your backup in and let the chips fall. Yeah, if you know he's not going to be in, you don't seed him. Yeah. And I think from talking to Coach Myers about uh, Clark specifically, I, I think there is still a chance that he does wrestle. And so I think that's why you probably will see him as the top seed. I don't know. We, we, got, a, we got a big Adam Central fan in the crowd out here, and I think there's the Adam Central fan. Uh, several of the Adam Central fans told me that he is out and he is not going to wrestle. They, they have determined he is not. Maybe that's wishful thinking on their part because, uh, I mean, honestly, the way Adam Central wrestled on Friday night, they shouldn't be c caring too much what yeah. Jay County does. I mean, obviously, with Clark in – Jay County closes the gap against Adam Central, but the way Adam Central ran through that 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 opening two rounds on yeah, Friday, I don't I don't think they have enough with or without Clark. And Adam Central, you know, I as far as I know, looked pretty healthy on Friday night and, and looked good. Right now, it sure looks like Belmont's going to have a forfeit yeah. in the lineup on Saturday at sectional. And I tell you what, in a competitive field like that, one forfeit, even if you've got one of your worst kids on the team. He's likely scoring fifth place points, maybe fourth place points if you're trying to be the sectional champ. That's eight, ten, twelve points, depending yeah. on how it goes. You know, and I, it's you know interesting to see. But uh, the other the other talk is that uh, two fifteen is there another wrestle off between Keegan Bloom and uh, yeah, well, that's not something we really talked about. I haven't really lost, talked to anybody involved in the in the program McAfee. between McAfee and. Uh, and Bloom, we've seen both of them wrestle really, really well, and I've been really impressed by what I've seen from Wyatt. Um, I don't know. 
that's a conversation we've had with multiple coaching staff this year as, you know, when do you hold your wrestle-offs? When do you have your second? Is there a third? Uh, I don't know if anybody does a fourth, but, uh, you know, that's with all of them being seniors, it certainly creates a weird dynamic with all four of those boys up there with just those three weights. Yeah, very interesting. So it's it's um, yet to be seen. And you say the seating meeting is Wednesday night? Seating meeting is Wednesday night. So follow WZBD.com for all of the updates. Tomorrow night we have the Matt Painter Show um, at 6.05 on Tuesday. Then we've got Michigan headed to Mackey Arena for a big show down there in the Big Ten. On Wednesday, we want to tell everybody to tune in for our Lutheran Schools Week program. That begins at 6 o'clock. On Thursday, we've got the Pacers as they're finally back home from their West Coast road trip. And then on Friday night, we've got a pretty good one. Adam Central going to look to bounce back. They got beat yesterday in boys basketball. They'll travel to Heritage for a rematch of the ACAC tournament. And then on Saturday morning, we'll have sectional wrestling. And Saturday night, we'll have Leo and Belmont. Belmont. Still in contention to win the uh, boys basketball conference title for the first time in, in ever in, 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 in decades and decades. They had a nice win against Huntington North yesterday. So, with that, we've reached the end of the weigh-ins period. Let's send it to the studio. Steve Rouse on the board for us. Back with our first period, and we were going to have a guest, but we may not have a guest now. So, welcome back uh, right after these messages. Hi, this is Joel at Decatur Package Liquors locally owned since 1965. I promise competitive prices and the best service in town. We offer bulk buy discounts for weddings, graduation parties, and other big celebrations. Special orders are also available and highly recommended. Don't forget about Wine Wednesday where you get the best savings. Come on guys, it's where your friends shop. Decatur Package Liquors with the best service and variety in town now with locations in Monroe, Burn, and Markle. The staff at Haggard Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home is honored to serve the community we love and live in. Locally owned and operated by Ryan Hershey and Eric Zelt, we understand that each family we serve and each life lived tells a unique story. Our goal is to offer comfort, care, and dignity to all who entrust their loved ones to our care. We are proud to call Adams County our home and look forward to serving you for generations to come. At Jackson Associates Financial Services in Portland, we are committed to maintaining the highest standards of integrity and professionalism in our relationship with you, our client. We endeavor to know and understand your financial situation and provide you with only the highest quality information, services, and products to help you reach your goals. Give Troy a call for the latest rates on CDs and learn about the advantages in today's financial climate to invest in your hard-earned dollar. That's Jackson Associates in Portland. Again, the Hager Hershey Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle. Once again, we're live at the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. And tonight, Dane went with the uh, pulled pork tacos, and uh, I went back to my old standby. I went back to the to the Cuban with tots and a side order of house salsa to dip them in. And uh, I got half for my lunch tomorrow, Dane. I, I did better than you did. You had none left for lunch tomorrow. I got nothing left. Hey, we were supposed to be joined in this segment by the CEO of Explore Evansville, but she gave us a last-minute cancellation. She's going to be back on next week. Alexis Bergren, uh, she shared with us, along with the rest of the people at Explore Evansville, some of the details, and I know Indiana Matt published some of them. Uh, for those who are planning on going or paying attention to our coverage, of course, 
They are going to do the split session again. So lots of details coming out here this week. And we'll have more talks uh, with the Evansville people here in coming weeks. The gates are going to open on Friday, Fe February 16th at 1230. And Rex, we're going to have to work on our internal clocks because we're going to be have we're, we're going to have to start speaking in central time. Twelve thirty Central Time. The gates will open on Friday, February sixteenth, and we're going to begin with the one fifties. Yep. Parade of Champions is going to be at one thirty. The one fifties are going to be after that, going all the way to the heavies. That section is set to begin at two o'clock Central Time. Then they're going to wind back around to the one o sixes, and that session will begin at five thirty. That makes it sound like there will be one parade of champions for the entire event. Then on Saturday, it's a more typical schedule. Gates open at 8, quarterfinals at 9, semifinals to follow. They'll clear the field house out again following the semifinals. And then uh, the gates will open at 3.30 for the final session. Constellations begin at 4.30 and the championships will begin at 7.30. One now, thing I do know, Dane, is that we usually have our uh, Hager Hershey Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly before the tournament starts, and I think uh, they think we were, thought we we're going to do it be between rounds. And I think we still stay. We do. We like that pre-tournament show. I agree. Now we are going to actually be in um, a restaurant that is connected to the Ford Center, and that's called the Corner Club. Rex, and uh, I was on the phone with a gentleman earlier this week. That's where our show is going to be live from. They are going to host us there. It is attached to the venue, but it does not have an entrance from the Ford Center into the bar. So it's, it's, it's connected to it, but you can't get in and out. It's not like you can take your ticket and get it scanned and go in. So we're going to have to go out the door with all of our equipment. And back in there. Well, room. VIPs like me and you might be able to, okay. to do those types of things. So that show will be then in the morning as we prepare for the beginning of the wrestling. They're going to have us all set up there with tables and power cords and Wi-Fi and all of those things. He wants to know if you have any phone line or fax needs. you want to send any faxes while you're there? No, I don't think we're going to fax anything. Okay. Now, if you go to Explore Evansville, exploreevansville.com, has set up their website, and it is set up for those who are visiting the state finals. They've got links to accommodations, to dining, to um, events, things to do. Of course, I think a lot of wrestling fans are going to find their way over to Bali's to the casino at some point, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. That would not surprise me. Um, here's, here's our event. That's where we're going to be. It's a good-looking building. I've seen pictures of it before. Looking forward to it. 290,000 square feet, home of the University of Evansville men's basketball team, professional hockey, and so on. 10,000-seat arena. I can tell you that it sounds like the ticketing uh, process is going to be the exact same as it was in Indianapolis the last couple of years. Um, wrestlers who qualify for state on Saturday at any of the four semi-states are going to be handed a, a code, a coupon, That'll allow them a 48-hour window for them, their families, and the schools to purchase tickets. Once that window is up, then it opens up to the general public. It is not going to be general admission. It is going to be 
assigned seating just like it has been in Indianapolis. And I believe that's sometime on Wednesday. Um, same type of ticketing guidelines. Um, that Somebody out there has got to take Bruce Timmy under his wing, though, because Bruce <laughs> doesn't have a phone and wants to go but can't get in because he doesn't have the Internet on his phone. So if you know Bruce and you want to adopt Bruce for a weekend, he would sure appreciate it because had, the man wants to go. He hasn't missed in 40-some years. Has pillow will travel. Has pillow will travel. That's he, right. He walked in to the, for the NE8 before me on Saturday morning carrying his pillow. Now he's had that pillow, same pillowcase for 30 years, I think. But, uh, hey, Dana, I think I found our seats. I think you and I are going to be, like, right in one of these media boxes right there. It's really not going to be all – for those of us from this area, it's really not going to be all that different from going to the Coliseum. It's, it's a very similar, albeit newer, venue, but roughly the same size as the Coliseum and, this, and the same kind of setup. It doesn't look as big, does it? It's a little bit rounder on the ends with the, the top sections hmm. going up. Now, they are – this is the one thing that they were going to talk about today, and we'll talk about it next week. There is going to be a fan festival on Saturday. They're really excited about this, and they're still trying to nail down the – uh, details, but they are going to bring in food trucks, outdoor activities, games, cornhole, that kind of thing, um, activities for all ages. It's going to be uh, semi-enclosed with heating available, and then they're going to have shuttles to bring you there and back. And this is one of those deals where they're trying to make sure that anybody who comes, if we are in a situation where this sells out and I would say we're probably 80 or 90% chance of this event selling out for the finals for sure. Uh, they want to make sure that everybody has a place to go where they can watch it with other wrestling fans so you're not sitting in your hotel watching track wrestling on your phone. Um, that's what this is going to be. They're going to have big screens all the way around for this fan festival, and it's going to be an opportunity for those who either didn't get a ticket or who just want to go and watch it uh, that route. That's all going to be available with a free shuttle um, near the arena. So those are the details that they've given us so far. Once again, all of this can be found on exploreevansville.com. And then you click on the link. There is a link there for the IHSAA Wrestling State Finals. Uh, it's going to be very interesting but a lot of fun. And we're certainly looking forward to it. We want everybody to join us for a special episode of Guerrilla Radio on Thursday night, live from one of the venues near the arena, and then on Friday, our show uh, live, probably 11 to 12.30, somewhere around there. I believe the doors open at 12.30. Are we going to be guests on Guerrilla Radio? Yes, you are invited. Okay. So it should, cool. be a, it should be a good time, a little panel, I think, to look at the brackets. Of course, uh, speaking of Indiana, Matt, Joe Caprino will join us later, as will Mike Reiser. Joe has once again been invited to uh, work with Greg Rakestraw on the bracket reveal for that Sunday, which is Super Bowl Sunday. And then, of course, as we've done the last couple of years, our show will not be on Super Bowl Sunday, but will be on the following Monday so that we can, like we did last year, call in to opposing coaches for the Adams County wrestlers and uh, get a preview of what some of those guys look like. All right, we've still got a couple minutes left here in period A, unless you want to cut her short. Yeah, well, I just think that uh, as we look forward to what Evansville is going to offer, I think if you stay tuned to our show the next couple of weekends, you're, you're going to be able to find out more. And, of course, 
Joe will have the State Finals Information Center up on the message board and all those types of things as well so that people can have the links. When it comes down to it, I still think that there's a very small chance that all three sessions sell out just because of, of the details surrounding the event. So if you're worried about getting a ticket, I, I really don't think that, that should sway your decision to come or not because I do think that if you want a ticket and you have your phone and you know how to use it, I think you are going to get a ticket. Um, and it seems like Evansville is doing everything that they can to try to accommodate everybody. If there is a big crowd, a lot of it will come down to weather. Yep. You know, if we're getting an ice storm on Thursday or Friday, you're not going to see people travel. But if it's 50 degrees in, in the southern half of the, of the state, then I think you're going to see more people come. And from everybody that I've talked to from uh, the south, uh, the area that the arena is in is full of restaurants and bars and places to just go and have that state finals atmosphere that all of us really long for when we talk about that weekend and that we were really scared about losing when it left Indianapolis. I do think that's going to be there. I think you just have to believe in it and, and trust that, that that's what it's going to be like. They kind of talk like it's actually more people-friendly than downtown Indianapolis is because downtown Indianapolis does not have a lot of places that are that close uh, in kind of in that direct area. Well, it's certainly, I think, a little higher dollar yeah. Uh, choices. So now I, I do know that uh, the commissioner kind of leaked out a little bit. He said that uh, on Saturday night after the tournament is over, they plan on having shuttles to take you to all the parties in town, so that you can just go wherever you want to go and not have to worry about driving yeah, or anything. It, it seems like that's part of the equation too. And like I said, you can find that all on the ExploreEvansville.com uh, website. They've got some some listings there of of what they're going to do, and some links to to to. Fill out your evening. I know a lot of people from this area are going to be driving down on Thursday. Uh, that way that they're down there for when things start. And from a Belmont and Adams Central and South Adams perspective, the idea of starting at, you know, 150 and 157 pounds, uh, I think a lot of the guys who are favorited to make it to state uh, are going to be in that session. Then, of course, Sammy Wolpert will be the last guy on the map potentially. <laughs> on that Friday night when he makes it at 144. So, With that, let's uh, take this opportunity to send it back to the studio to Steve Rouser on the board for us as he does every Sunday night. We'll be back with uh, First Period B right after this. You're listening to High School Wrestling Weekly on WZBD. Nobody handles screen printing and apparel like Team Montrewear in Bluffton, providing high-quality and creative apparel for South Adams football, Belmont Wrestling, and many others in our area. Team Montre takes all the work coaches and volunteers used to do taking orders and collecting money, and does that for them. Set up an online store and let the local experts at Team Mantra take care of the rest. From custom designs to a wide array of apparel and gear, Team Mantra is your home for all of your team apparel needs. Visit the brand new location for Team Mantra Wear on Main Street in Bluffton, or visit them online at teammantrawear.com today. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best Paul Baker Drywall. 
Based out of the Indiana Tech Wrestling Facility, the Warrior Regional Training Center is an elite training center for youth wrestlers, high school wrestlers, and college and senior level athletes. Featuring a college coaching staff with a strong history of developing talent and producing results, Warrior RTC will give any wrestler quality training partners to push them to new levels in the state-of-the-art 25,000 square foot wrestling building. The training is affordable and private training is also available. Put Warrior RTC in your corner this season. First period B, and Dane has on schedule. 60 years ago, Belmont beats Marion. Well, you know, I listened to uh, you guys on Saturday, you and Coach Calver, and it just got me thinking. You know, Coach Calver, he, he was one of those first guys on those teams for Decatur, and I love going back and looking through the old Democrat editions uh, on the microfilm and the microfish, and now they're online. And I thought, you know what? I wonder what sectional was like 60 years. And I forgot that the season had a little bit different timing to it. So when I went back 60 years today in 1964, they were still wrestling in the regular season. And the sectional didn't start for another two weeks. But uh, Belmont had a big win for Coach Geisler. And I just kind of wanted to walk through this because I, thought, I think a lot of people will be interested to it, uh, into it. And Coach Calver got a win that night, so we definitely want to uh, – to highlight that, Belmont beat Marion that night 60 years ago on January 21st, 1964, 25 to 19. That was three. I think back in those days, I think there were just 10 weights, if I remember right. And I don't remember when it finally went, because for a long time it was 13 weights, right? Yeah. And now it's been 14 for, oh, probably 20, 25 years, I would 30 think. 30, maybe. Probably. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah. So. Because I've been doing this 20. I refereed for 25. So that's 45 years, and they've been 13 weeks since I started refereeing. So the article in the Democrat on uh, January 22, 1964, references that Coach Geisler began the uh, sport here in Decatur in the 1961-62 season, and the team won just one match that year. And then in the second year, they finished 6-6. They finished six and six, And uh, up to this point in the season, they had won 6 of 8. He said, though, that this win on January 21st, 1964, was the biggest win of his career so far. They just come off a loss to Muncie South, 31 to nine, and uh, Marion beat Muncie South. So listen to those scores again. Decatur lost to Muncie South, 31 to nine, in December, first loss of the year. Then Marion came through and beat Muncie South, 33 to 16. So Coach Geisler are probably thinking, well, we don't have much of, a, get much of a chance here. But uh, it was Belmont who came away with the win, and your winners on that night, the first, do you know your weight classes? Started at 95. Very good. Tom Ionson <clears throat> was the winner for Decatur, our writer. And I think this is Nellie Clark. He didn't put a byline on here, unless it was Sherluka, but I think it was Nellie Clark. He, uh, he says the Decaturites never trailed the rest of the way. After Tom Ionson won, they build up a lead 22-8, uh, going all the way to heavyweight where they won. The um, 103 match was uh, Arthur Yabara, and he had to forfeit because of a – trying to look – oh, he was overweight. It was listed <laughs> as a medical forfeit. Oh, Arturo or Arthur probably listening to us now, still thinking about that 
hot dog that he ate after school that made him overweight. I missed weight. How many one, times did you miss? I missed weight one time. And Do you we remember lost. what you ate to put you overweight? Or you hadn't eaten in two days? I hadn't eaten in a week. <laughs> um, I missed weight, and we got beat that match. And Calvert pretty much let me know it was my fault we lost. And it was. <laughs> now, how much was a forfeit weight uh, worth back in 1964? I don't know. I assumed it was worth six. Five points. Interesting. Falls were worth five points. And apparently forfeits were two. Um, but our good buddy Alan Calver was a winner at the 112-pound weight class, and it says it was the uh, ninth win in 11 matches for AJ, who was in his senior season that year. So he won 7-3, to three, and then I want to make sure I get my names right because there's only last names in here. There was a Myers that came after AJ. It was Gary Myers who won along with Dave Adams. It's Gary Myers from Myers Furniture. Uh, they both won 9-4 to four to put Belmont up. After that, it was Lenny Corral who scored a fall at 133 pounds. It was just 22 seconds he needed there. And then Marion got a win at 138 against Dave Green. Sam Bauman came back, though, and won his match 4 to nothing. After that, it was another Myers, but they don't list his first name at 154. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong team. Myers from Marion won over Tim Magley at 154 pounds. And then at 165 pounds, Dean Lehman was the wrestler for Decatur. He was defeated 7-2. to two. Marion came back with another win at 180 pounds. Daryl Grody was the 180-pounder for uh, Decatur that night. He got pinned at 180, but Steve Hazelwood won the match with a 3-2 decision on this night 60 years ago. Interesting. I, 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 there's, no, uh, there's no picture from this match, but I can, I can picture the Decatur singlets from other uh, pictures that we have there, and the, the snaps and the buttons and the tights and the, the horsehair mats. Yeah, the, the first, my freshman year, we still had the uniforms, and they got rid of map that year. And there were ones you, you put on a pair of tights, and then you put on a tank top that buttoned in the crotch like a onesie, and then you wore a little pair of swim trunks that came up around them. That was the JV uniforms, and we had those. And the warm-up tops... Remember when they had the retro night the other night, and uh-huh. everybody said Tim Myers' wife um, wore the f- the furry fleece short, and she had a number two. She had Eugene Grody's on, and that was that last year we wore those. Uh, that was the warm up top for that uh, the onesie. According to Nellie Clark's report here, the victory gave the Decatur lads a fine seven win, two loss mark for the season, with four matches remaining on the season schedule. So, with the old schedule just going sectional state finals. They obviously wrestled much deeper into the winter mm-hmm. than what we do now because we're done with our regular season and talking about, about sectional. It says Coach Geisler and his crew take a brief rest today and swing right back into action Thursday when they entertain Angola at the Decatur gym. Angola, I'm pretty sure, was in Decatur's conference at that time, and I'm thinking of a bus ride in 1964 from Decatur to Angola, and I'm thinking, what time did those people get back home? Well, in 1979, 
in our senior year. You guys were still the same conference. Yeah, NEIAC. Angola was still in the NEIAC along with South Adams. Uh, Bluffton might have been in there. Maybe Garrett, I think. I'm trying to think who the other teams were in at. I'm really interested in this because it says in the preliminary, so Angola doesn't wrestle Decatur until 7 o'clock on that Thursday. Uh, Decatur then wrestles the Union City varsity team. The reserves from Decatur were set to wrestle Union City's varsity. Little See, we always had uh, Harper and Penn. They started the B team, you know, 10 years ago. Coach Geisler was doing it in 19... <laughs> the B team. He was doing it in 1964. It says that... Uh, <clears throat> Um, I'm looking at Ionson. Ionson was still undefeated. Oh, that, it says that Belmont didn't lose after they they didn't trail after that. So Belmont jumped out to the to the early lead. So some interesting stuff there. You can find all of that on uh, if you Google Hoosier State Chronicles. They have the uh, Decatur Daily Democrat all the way from. 1907 until 1964. I think they have every edition from 1964. I'm really, really hoping that they can get from 1964 to about 1974 because obviously everything in that decade is the transition from Decatur and Decatur Catholic and Monmouth into Belmont and all of those first Belmont seasons. I really want to see what those look like. Going to the library is great here in Adams County to get the microfilm, but it takes a lot of work. And to be able to just pull that up on your computer screen and look back at those things, really, really cool. So. Well, since we got a few minutes here, since you just jumped into the Wayback Machine, in 1978, Conference Week. Um, I heard you talking about we, it with We Coach talked Calvary. about it because in the blizzard of 78 hit. Your mom and dad remember it very well. Um, the school, the gym, you know, right where the library is at and the little hallway that goes between B and C and A wing. That hallway right there, all the it snow. Collapsed, right? It collapsed the, the hallway there, and we didn't have school. And we're trying to make weight, and we, need, we needed to go to Angola or Kendallville. I think we had to go to Kendallville, was where the NE8 was at. And we told them, look, we're going to go up there and win them all anyways. We don't even need to buy it. Just send us the ribbons. And they wouldn't do it. And we went up there. And if there was 13 weight classes, I think we had 11 champions. By the way, we apologize to anybody offended by the usage of Kendall Tucky. During Saturday's broadcast. I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. Someone else said that. The, the, the other broadcaster <laughs> said that. that was um, I thought it was interesting. How many uh, conference championships did you – how many individual titles were there that year? I think we – You said 11 or 10? I think we had 11. 10 or 11 out of the 13. Because it wasn't until, what, 89 that Belmont – that the NHC was formed? Does that sound right? It was like 88, 89, 90, somewhere around there. Yeah, I think, I think so. Because they bounced around. The, the, the NEIAC changed once and they, for like one year, and then it changed again. They changed the name of it. And then it went to the NHC. I tell you what, if you look at Belmont's conference right now from a purely wrestling standpoint, they're in a pretty good spot. The, the, the conference is pretty competitive. There's been years. Huntington North, I guess, I guess is probably down towards the bottom the last two or three years, but they've had some really uh, Huntington North darn near won a semi-state two or three or four years ago. Remember yeah. when they had three or four guys that were up there. So, and, and like we were all dogging on Leo a year or two ago, they came through this weekend and wrestled really, really well. 
you had East Noble and DeKalb who made it to Team State. And obviously New Haven finished second. They were right up there with them. So I, th I think it was a very competitive. How many forfeits were there? Uh, first round, there was a few. Probably three or four. Uh, I know that one weight class had two forfeits in it. Okay. I think 38 had two forfeits in it because Belmont Oh, yeah, because yeah, Belmont had a forfeit. Yeah. So some of those, obviously, you get to the end of the season and you just don't have anybody who's in those spots, and it's unfortunate. It's, we talked about Homestead having a forfeit at one weight. It's like, how does that happen? Or Carroll had a forfeit, right? Yeah. Um, sometimes those things happen when you get to the end of the year. you got eligibility issues and all those types of things. But I think overall we saw a really competitive field. Same thing at the ACAC. I, I saw – you know, Woodland had a champ. Heritage, I think, much improved. There's no doubt that Southern Wells has improved yeah. from where they were a year, just a year or two ago. And, of course, at the top, you know, we saw some really top wrestlers, and we talked about guys who are going to be vying for state medals. You know, I know that uh, Bluffton actually had showed quite well uh, on Friday night. Uh, then there you have Adam Central kind of started running away with it toward the end, but Jay Counter was there. And, and like I said, the team that Eric Myers brought to that, tournament is far from the team that he thought he would have beginning of the season but yet to still finish second with the team that he had means that he was pretty deep and he had some pretty good reserves you know i i talk to eric a lot and i i, I try to have my finger on the pulse of just about everybody around there were some guys in that lineup friday night from jay county i'd never heard of <laughs> i had no idea who they were and they wrestled really really well yeah. there were some backups in there who 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 showed some really good things and They've had a couple of guys drop weight. Uh, Rowles and, and Byram have both gone down, I think. And I think Flores also may have dropped down. Um, and Connor Specht looks great. He's going to yeah. be a real contender on Saturday. We'll talk about heavyweight later I, on. But I, I was talking to somebody in the eight on Saturday. I was like, there was seven teams in the ACAC, and there was six really good heavyweights. <laughs> yeah, that to finish fifth at the ACAC – I think is a guy who potentially you're talking about being a ticket rounder yeah. in Peyton Long. I mean, but with the exception but of the, the – He may not make it out of sectional, though. The two guys that wrestled for the finals of the NE8 are the top two in Fort Wayne semi-state overall. And then there's like three guys from the ACAC that round out the top eight. You know, and I thought about it on the way home. We were awfully critical of the decision in the third period. But – we probably would have been critical of Worm and the AC coaching staff if he would have chosen down and, and yeah. Cruz would have just rubbed him into the mat Got for pummeled. two minutes. <laughs> and we would have said, why didn't he go on his feet? So I guess uh, some of it was a, a little bit. That's you know, why we don't coach. <laughs> that's true. We just get to, to criticize. Uh, I think it's going to be a great match if, if they see each other again. You know, I, I think uh, there's there's – things to be said or choices and i think a lot of times coaches tell kids when i wrestled i knew where i was going to go didn't yeah. even look for the corner uh, a lot of these kids have been coached and trained you're going to look at me and i'm going to tell you what i mean then there, there's times when you see a kid that wants to do something his coach tells him to do something else and it turns out bad and you think that's a bad coaching decision. and sometimes there's situations where you don't want to show yourself too early sometimes it's you don't want to show what you got at conference because you're going to wrestle them at sectional and there's times where you know you're going to wrestle a guy again at regional, and you are not going to show him everything you have. You do not want to go to a double 30-second overtime and show everything that you've got for your 30-second rideout. And when it comes down to Cruz and Worm, it absolutely could be who wins the toss, who's able to drop down to an ankle, who's able to cover, those types of things. And, 
you know, for Worm, maybe it came down to I don't, I don't want to play all my cards out here at the beginning. And we've seen Coach Myers at Belmont do that a couple of different times. You know, he, he didn't wrestle Davis against uh, Mitchell Betts. He didn't wrestle Sam against Ronimus the first time Ronimus is in. Those are all regional matches that are very key. Like I said, don't show the cards before you've got to play them. And regionals when it, when it all matters. Yeah. That's for sure. So with that, let's send it back to the studio for a round of commercials back with uh, second period A right after this on WZBD. Are you ready for spring? Come see what we have growing in the greenhouses. Hi, it's Jesse at Heller Nursery, and we are open all winter long. Heller Nursery always has a wide selection of houseplants in stock and pottery for inside and outside the house. We are preparing for spring every day now. And with new shipments of decor, pottery, plants, and seeds, there's always something new to see. Check out HellerNursery.com to see our wide selection of spring offerings of trees, shrubs, fruits, and perennials. Heller Nursery, open seven days a week. Cross Creek Golf Club in Decatur has the perfect Christmas gift for the entire family. This year, give the gift of golf. Reduced rates for next season are now available. Student memberships, singles, couples, family, and seniors are all options on the 27-hole beautiful Cross Creek Golf Course. Guest certificates from Cross Creek make great stocking stuffers. New merchandise, including sweaters and outerwear, are also great gift ideas. Stop in soon for the best selection, Cross Creek Golf Club in Decatur. Welcome back to the Hager Hershey's Elt High School Wrestling Weekly. Once again, we are live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill, where we are most Sunday nights. Uh, nice little crowd here. Most of them uh, related to Dane or live within 100 yards of Dane. I see Dane's, Dane's mom has her new Gen, Gen 2 shirt on. Very nice, very nice. And, of course, you've got another window open for the, the swag. Yes, it's open until the 24th, so... Anybody out there wants uh, any more swag, I've ordered the minimum, so he's, he's going to make a printing of it. I, I ordered enough stuff to take with me to uh, uh, state finals that uh, if I have to give a few shirts away, I uh, usually give one to the commission. Uh, uh, if one of these Evansville people comes on our show and is really nice to us, I might give him one. But. <laughs> well, we're going to take a quick look here at the Jay County sectional seed projections done by yours truly without any input from anybody else. So there's probably lots of mistakes. And then in, in the next segment, it's we're going to be show. joined. You can be wrong if you want, right? We're going to be joined by Coach A.J. Bradley as he runs us through the Delta sectional so that some of you can get an idea as to uh, which one of those third-place matches really matters or what about that semifinal on the bottom half, that matchup to finish in second or third which one of those really matters. So we're going to go through those. Uh, I am projecting that the number one seed at 106 pounds is going to be your ACAC champ in Griffin Byram. He's 27-4. and four. He's got wins over Miles Carr. Um, he did not wrestle Loshi, I don't believe, but Carr beat Loshi. As you look down through there, I think that there are just two forfeits at 106 this year, which is kind of a surprise from some of those other schools. At 113 pounds, it's no doubt it's Levi uh, Johns. He's undefeated for Bluffton, ACAC champ, 33-0. He's going to be your number one seed. At 120 pounds, this is where it gets kind of interesting, but really not. Uh, I was really interested in the way the seeding went at 120 at the any eight because if you remember, Henry Farrow had been beaten by Jason Prow from Norwell, but since then, Prow has gone 126, and Hunter Douglas has gone to 120. So Faroe and Douglas 
were the one and two seed at the NE8. They ended up wrestling for third and fourth. And the three and the four seed ended up wrestling in the championship bout. But it was almost to Farot's advantage because he still got to wrestle Douglas, and he beat Douglas. Don't forget, Douglas is a kid who went, I don't know, 30 and three last year or something. 30 and four last year was a ticket rounder for Norwell. That's a really quality win. I think, from the way that I see it, Henry Farrell has already beaten Dakota Sprunger, who was your ACAC champ, and he beat Hunter Douglas, and he beat Jackson Bingham. Uh, nobody else in the field has a, a winning record beyond that. So I think Henry Farrell's going to end up being your number one seed there for the Braves at 120, but that should be a really competitive weight class between Farrell and Sprunger and Douglas. And we've seen some really good things from Jackson Bingham this year, too, so I wouldn't count him out either. Now, at 126, a lot of people are probably thinking about Cody Rowles and Dylan Ogg uh, from the ACAC on Friday night. But don't forget that Braden Daniels from Union City is in there. His record, according to the TEC brackets, is 28-1. and And to my knowledge, that means he's going to end up being the number one seed at 126. Now, is that a brother, a brother to one of the other Daniels that usually comes in from Union City? I think so. I think because really that, that kid would have to be a seventh-year senior if not. <laughs> that should shift then Rowles and Og, who were in the finals together, correct? At the at 126, at the ACAC, that shifts them down to two and three, and throws. No, it was Patterson. No, it was Og and Rowles. It was Og and Rowles. That's right, because Patterson got beat. He was the Patterson was a two seed and got beat by Aug in the semifinals. In OT. That's right. Beat him in OT 7-5. And now you throw in Jason Prow and Will Patterson down there. They'll end up wrestling each other, I think, in the 4-5 and five matchup with a chance for the winner to take on Daniels. And I don't know. I haven't seen Daniels wrestle this year, and I haven't looked at a whole lot of his uh, results. But sometimes, Rex, that's that situation where you want to wrestle the number one seed because you look at it and you're like, I think that number two seed's better. I'd rather be up there at the top to make my way in and maybe sneak my way into a second-place finish despite having lost to the kid who's going to end up in third. You know, the, the Union City kids come in, and they always have good records, and they, they usually do not fare as well because their strength of schedule doesn't allow them the quality matches it takes to be as good, I guess. Not, not to Not to – hit on them badly. This right. is the way it is, strength of schedule. And, and we have certainly discussed that point with uh, small schools and, and, and the problems that they have there. At 132, everybody has cleared out of the way of Brayson. He is the only wrestler in the field that doesn't have double-digit losses. So he's an automatic for the number one seed. It's going to be more about positioning yourself away from the likes of Jackson Bradley and Stuffle and Mosier down there from that other sectional. Yeah, sectional is just your easy week before you get hammered next week. So finding your way into second, it could be Kevin Loshi. Um, he's in there, Heskett from Jay County. Uh, Kirkner didn't have a very good day on Friday, but I've seen better from him. Uh, Parker Nash didn't look bad on Friday for Bluffton. At 138, it's going to be Tony Wood, who's the number one seed. He's undefeated. Mav Dubas up there, 31-4. and four. Of course, the ACAC was super deep there with Frauger and Mann also in there. Union City's got a kid with 18 wins. And, of course, uh, Baining from Norwell's also in there with 18 wins. And 138's a weight class right now. It looks like Belmont's going to have a forfeit. Yeah. 
at 144. Bullenbacher is going to be your number one seed after his head-to-head win over Sam Wolpert. Uh, I have Sam as the number two seed behind, uh, ahead of, I should say, Jacob Robinson from Jay County. Uh, no real surprises in there. I think that one kind of works its way through. Bullenbacher has beaten Wolpert. Uh, Wolpert has a better win percentage over Robinson. Robinson has beaten Xander Schwartz, and Schwartz beat Patrick, so that one kind of works itself itself out. That's an interesting weight, too, and we'll talk about this in the next one as um, you've got Ronimus and, and, and Hoppies from, from Yorktown over there, so you definitely want to finish in the top two. Nobody knows what's going to happen at 150 because we don't know whether or not Cameron Clark is going to be in the bracket. Blake Lukenbill, you know, you look at his podium picture from Friday, Saturday. It's not the way he wanted to finish fourth place. But, that, you know, that, Blake? That 50 was so tough. Toysh gets beaten in the finals by Biddle, who's ranked below them all. And then Elkins takes, takes uh, Toysh to the wire. And then uh, Blake has to wrestle Elkins. Those top three guys are all ranked in the top of the Fort Wayne semi-state. Another one that will be interesting, um, your DQ on Wednesday that you had. Dryband will, I assume, end up getting criteria over Platner for that because of that win. So that uh, throws some things in there. And uh, South Adams, I assume, is going to go with Platner. They had McKinley in there earlier. Or was it McKinley who got DQ'd? McKinley got DQ'd. It wasn't Platner. So that's why he didn't wrestle on Friday. Yeah. So I don't know whether or not he'll be in or not. Max Byerly, of course, was your champion on Friday and looked awfully good there. So that's a competitive weight class. If Clark's not in there, it makes things even more interesting. 57, straightforward, I think. Davis is your undefeated number one seed. Isaiah Meyer was your conference champ. He's the number two. There's nobody else that's in there surprising. Of course, Duke Myers is going to be your number one seed at 165 pounds. That's no surprise at 175. Maybe the most interesting one, by my count, Xavier Palacios is the number one seed. He has wins over uh, Baining and Bauman and Carr. Um, he has split with Baining. He has a better win percentage than Joaquin Flores from Jay County. But that's a weight class, Rex, where you've got four guys with a win percentage above 75% with Baining and Palacios, Flores, and Carr. Palacios just looks so good on Saturday. And we've seen good things from Chris Castaneda in the past. And, of course, Luke Bauman is not shabby either. So a very deep weight class, one through six at 175. At 190... It's going to be Curry and then Wank and then Mendez probably after that. At 215, it'll be Martin and Bloom, one and two. And then at 285, it'll be Cruz and Worm. I think the way it works out, Connor Specht should be the number three seed, although he is, according to track wrestling, he's nine and nine. Well, didn't Long finish higher than him? No. He, Long the, finished fifth and sixth. Did he yes, finish? and they never wrestled each other. Long and Speck didn't wrestle each yeah. other. So right now I have it as Cruz 1, Worm 2, Speck 3, Long 4, Boxel. Um, oh, no, sorry. I have this wrong. I have my seeds written down. I have them in the order that they're supposed to be. I'm sorry. I have it Cruz 1, Worm 2, Long 3. Because Long did not wrestle Specked, Um And Baker 4 and Speck 5. And then Phoenix Boxel 
sixth. So there's some there's some commons in there that I haven't gone through, but there's some some interesting ones, especially at 175, uh, 285, also interesting. And then of course, whatever happens with Cameron Clark will will shake up things there at 150. Well, considering you just did a lot of guessing there, you you had some logic behind your guessing. So I think it it seemed very plausible. You know, like the MythBusters guys say, it's plausible. So with that, we've finished this section here in uh, period section. Uh, second period A, and we're going to come back with section uh, second period B right after this on WZBD. Does your smile need work? Maybe it's time for a cleaning and exam. Visit Laura Kugelhan, DDS, and her knowledgeable caring staff at Complete Smiles on North Main Street in Bluffton. Dr. Kugelhan would love to help you maintain your dental health or transform your smile. Whatever your needs might be, Complete Smiles is there to help you. Dr. Kukulhan is currently accepting new patients. Call 824-3100 to schedule an appointment. Bowers Paint Studio on West Monroe Street in Decatur is hands down the best auto body repair shop in the Midwest. That's why your friends and neighbors give Bowers Paint Studio a five-star rating on Facebook. Your family ride get dinged in an accident? Take it to Bowers for a free estimate. Need a custom paint job for your collectible car or motorcycle? Bowers Paint Studio is the place to go. Nate works with all the insurance companies and can help you get a loaner. That's Bowers Paint Studio on West Monroe Street in Decatur. When faced with the difficult task of making arrangements for your loved one, many emotions and questions arise. What would they want me to do if they were here? Where is the money coming from? How much should I spend? Do they want burial or cremation? The staff at Haggard, Hershey, and Zelt Funeral Home can help you navigate these tough questions. Make your wishes known and allow us to make sure that your wishes are carried out. Call Ryan Hershey or Eric Zelt at 260-724-7167 to schedule an appointment today. Welcome back once again to Haggard, Hershey, Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly. Once again, hosted by the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. And we are joined on our phone right now with our special guest, A.J. Bradley of the Muncie Central Bearcats to talk about uh, sectional from Delta. And A.J. Dane just went through the uh, uh, the Jay County sectional, and uh, you guys are going to have pretty much the same kind of sectional down in Delaware County as uh, they're going to go in there and just kind of beat each other up a little bit, aren't they? Oh, yeah. I mean, let, let's be honest. This is kind of like the Delta Invitational this year with Cowan helping in and Yorktown as well. But they'll, they'll beat up on each other, all right. Now, AJ, we've already been corrected by one um, listener who tells us that we forgot that Cody Rouse was a ticket rounder last year, so he actually would be ahead of Braden Daniels there at 126. Um, there's a lot of things to keep in mind when you're, when you're seeding one of these, especially when you're trying to do it ahead of time and trying to figure out what works best for your wrestler. Oh, that's true. How much time do you spend as a head coach looking at this? Uh, well, I go through a ton of scenarios in my head, to be honest, uh, especially since they moved it back to Wednesday to coaches. We have more time to think about it. Probably too much time, to be honest, but I'd lie if I didn't say I've at least thought about it 10 times since Saturday. Oh, Rex, uh, it's, it's always, it's usually around December when AJ starts texting me and he's like, hey, uh, what do you think about the seating here at this weight? For? And I'm like, AJ, we've only wrestled 10 matches. You can't start seating it yet. No, but I, I know Dane knows well enough. He can usually look into the future and help me out, so <laughs> I like to ask. Well, we want to go through and highlight some of the guys from your sectional and how that relates to 
our guys up here in the Jay County sectional. And right off the bat, looking at 106 pounds, you've got Boyd and Barbosa there, the top two guys at 106 at Delta. Those are two pretty tough guys that you don't want to draw into in that first blood round. Oh, no. Uh, Barbosa's a tough senior. You don't see a lot of seniors at 106. Uh, Scrappy, only two losses on the year, one to Boyd, the other, I believe, to um, Rex Moore. So that's solid season. And Jensen Boyd's just on another level. I mean, freshman, ranked number one in the state, unblemished record. That, that's You don't want that first round. And then at 113, of course, everybody trying to avoid Aiden Bullinger as he's got hopes of you know winning a state title wrestling under the lights. And then at 120 pounds, you've got another tough Cowan wrestler in Bowen Keith. You've got Cade Jackson from Delta. Um, you've got Quentin Keene from Winchester. That's a pretty good set of 120s. And as we said, we feel like the Jay County sectional has got three pretty good 120s in Ferrot and Sprunger and Douglas. Oh, yeah, that's one of the few weight classes we're going to look at and be like, wow, multiple semi-state level kids aren't making it this year. And that's a big statement from our regional, you know. And then seating going to be very important at uh, 126, as we mentioned, because Neil Mosier is still undefeated there for Delta. And then at 132 pounds, you're absolutely loaded down there with Mosier and Stuffel and your nephew, Jackson Bradley. That's one where it might be three from Delta and one from Jay County at that weight. Yeah, that, that weight's going to be a very solid weight for us. Uh, you got Jackson, who's kind of the, the top of that class there. But he had a hiccup last year with Stuffle, who's in this weight class. And then you got little Sam Mosher, who's given Stuffle a couple losses this year. I mean, that 32 at our sectional is it's a, it's a barn burner. I would say that if you look at those four guys, when you throw Shorjan in there from Adam Central, all four of those guys are probably thinking – that they have a route to Evansville. Oh, I would agree. I would agree. When we start looking at semi-states, I guarantee you we're going to be looking at our uh, those Fords over one talk in the ticket round. We'll be looking at 132 for us. Now, 138, maybe one of the le- uh, weaker weight classes at your sectional. Justin Boone there with just two losses. But uh, everybody trying to get out of the way of Tony Wood. Uh, we saw him wrestle awfully well on Friday night. Oh, yeah, 38 cent weight class, you definitely don't want to get third or fourth at, especially fourth. Uh, you know, it was a big shock when Jackson moved down to 32. I was wondering if there was going to be some movement to 38. I believe I even asked you about it, and we, like, we didn't know who could move. Now, when he makes that move, does he tell his uncle, or is that a surprise to uncle as well? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I knew. Uh, his dad reached out, we had talked some. And it was more about just what Jackson was walking around weighing, not like a desire to do one or the other. Just you get that season in the point in the season, sometimes some weight starts falling off. You don't expect to fall off, and you find yourself in a no-man's land, and he made a decision. Now let's go uh, forward to 150. Um, tell us what you know about Zach Martin from Monroe Central there at 150, 23-3 so far. Oh, he, he's a tough kid. Uh, very tough kid, very solid. We, I've seen him wrestle a few times this year. Uh, very impressed. And he's that typical, you know, kid. Uh, a very strong, a lot of action, kind of movement and discipline. 
he's a fun kid to watch. He does not beat himself. And he wrestles a style that makes him stay in all matches. So he's a scary guy to wrestle. I know a lot of people looking at the Delta and Yorktown and Cowan lineups to try to find who they want to avoid. But just about every team in this sectional has got one or two guys that you want to watch out for. I'm looking at 157 now. Uh, Evan Duncan from Winchester. Reason Davenport from Daleville. Those are two guys that uh, have been around for a while and have found some success. But then you look at the Jay County sectional with Gavin Davis and Isaiah Meyer, uh, Brody Lewis. That's another uh, weight class where you've got five or six guys who probably have their eyes on uh, ticket round or better this year. If I'm not mistaken, those uh, guys are all ranked uh, in the semi-state, you know, rather high, and one of them's not getting out. Uh, Reese was in the uh, – yeah, Davenport was in the state rankings earlier this year. Duncan's come along come along this way and has some good wins. So it, that, you know, matchup between our second, whoever gets it, and your third will be a fun one. At 165, I think a lot of the talk there – is going to be focused solely around the rematch, proposed rematch between uh, Stebbins and Duke Myers in the finals, potentially. Oh, yeah, that's true. However, there might be, you know, Abbott from Cowan might have something to say about that one. So that rematch could happen in the semis or could happen in the finals. Levi, just three losses on the year for Cowan. And, of course, you've also got Matt Heiser and uh, Cody Cox and, we saw Matt Heiser come back and beat West Somerset in the finals at the ACAC, and um, there was no love loss between those two after the way the match went in the duel. Those are the kind of rivalries that you really enjoy seeing week in and week out. Oh, oh yeah, I love when there's a little bit of tension. You know, it, 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 some people say, I oh, should always like each other, but I think it adds a little something when there's that personal rivalry. Looking forward at 175, you got Braxton Russell from Delta. At 190, uh, Jeremiah Olam from Monroe Central. Is he probably your number one seed? Uh, yes. Uh, he, he should be. Uh, he's got the best record. He really hasn't been beat around this area. Uh, you know, our, our 190, Hardy, when he was wrestling him, we actually asked when we tore our ACL. Uh, so we're not in there. But all of them should be the one. And, of course, you got Trevor Curry and Bryce Wank on the other side. They had a great battle on Friday night. I don't know if you were able to listen, but it was a switch by Curry. Maybe 20, 25 seconds left to win that one. Oh, yeah. Those two, I love watching them wrestle because their styles are great. So getting to watch them wrestle or listen to them wrestle each other, that was fun because you knew there was going to be some action and movement. At 2.15, we've got uh, a pair of one-loss wrestlers uh, between Keegan Martin and Keegan Bloom. You've got Luke Powers from Westell. And then let's talk a little bit about your heavyweights. Who do you have down there? Of course, we know about Isaac Moss. Who else is in the Delta sectional at heavy? A heavyweight? Um, see, Isaac, he's a, he's a step above everybody else. Um, our guy's in there. Uh, Carson Van Cleef, he's looking maybe to be the two. Uh, Ellis from Yorktown, he's an undersized heavyweight, but very athletic. Uh, he's most likely the three. And then I'd have uh, our heavyweight, uh, Cortez, would probably be there at the four. Well, we're looking at our heavyweights, and we're thinking that if we're tied going into uh, 285, 
Jay County should be in pretty good position. I know you and I go back and forth. I know Eric Myers likes to keep track of it. His brother Andy likes to keep track of it too. But uh, there's 56 matches to win in that opening round at the Jay County uh-huh. Regional. I'm always keeping my eye to make sure Jay County is just a little bit ahead of Delta on that final total. <laughs> well, I always like to look the other way, but it is a nice little bragging rights that we like to talk about. So it's a great thing to keep an eye on. Well, Coach, we wish you the best of luck in your showdowns on Wednesday at your seating meeting, and we look forward to seeing you here in about 13 or 12 days. I look forward to seeing you guys, and before I go, I got my hat in the mail a couple weeks ago, and it's been a lifesaver in this cold weather. <laughs> yeah, you sent us a picture after the girls' yeah. uh, state, and uh, I, uh, wish I'd, I wish I'd had mine with me out in the car, but uh, it was a bit brisk that night, wasn't it? Oh, oh yeah, it was. <laughs> And that, just to touch on that a little bit, just real quick, AJ, what did you think of the caliber of the girls that were wrestling at the state finals this year compared to, like, five years ago? Oh, it, amazing. I, we were actually at the first one. We had a girl play second in Brooks Jackson. And the level of wrestling has, it has increased so much. It's amazing. It's almost like another sport, to be honest. The yeah. participation, the, the wrestling level, it's been amazing. And I, I was talking to a couple of people, and I think maybe the 16 regionals kind of cut some of the wheat from the chaff and that, and that made the state finals that much better because there was not a lot of matches were just really flip-flop kind of matches for the state finals. There was some very quality wrestling. Oh, yeah, and the thing I noticed is there were some really good semifinal matches too, so it wasn't just like, you know, girls just get to the finals. Like, it was a legit, you know, tournament thing. Yeah. All right, well, thanks for all your input uh, tonight, uh, Coach Bradley, and we will see you at Jay County in a couple weeks. All right, thanks. See you guys then. With that, let's send it back to studio. Steve Rouse running the board for us. and back with uh, what we're going to call third period A right after this on WZBD. DDD Maintenance and Repair, owned and operated by Shane Reynolds, has your local professionals for heavy-duty truck and diesel engine repair. DDD Maintenance and Repair also offers full-service sand and glass blasting for your surface restoration projects. Whether it's getting your heavy-duty truck and diesel engine running like new or sandblasting your project to look like new, we have a blast renewing the past. Give Shane and the guys a call at 260-223-5442. That's DDD Maintenance and Repair. Experience the magic of Evansville, Indiana, where Hoosier hospitality shines bright. Stroll along our scenic riverfront, indulge in local cuisine, and immerse yourself in history and culture. From family-friendly attractions to outdoor adventures, Evansville has it all. Visit the mesmerizing Mesker Park Zoo and Botanic Garden, or explore the city's rich history at the USS LST-325. Ready to start planning your stay? Discover everything our city has to offer at exploreevansville.com. Evansville, Indiana, where memories are made. Welcome back to the Hager Hersezell High School Wrestling Weekly. We're once again live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. A couple of new guys in the audience here tonight. We welcome all of our guests out here every Sunday night if they'd like to come out to enjoy the good food, the fine entertainment. There's a group of people that are here right before I set up, and they said, you're here every week. What do you do? What is this? And I said, it's the greatest wrestling talk show in the state of Indiana. And they said, it is. And I said, yeah, it's the only one, so... We don't count Gorilla Radio because it's not really a radio program, is it? Well, don't dog on them before they come on the show well, here. No, dude. I'm saying <laughs> if they were a radio program, they'd be in the contention. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. They're just two guys talking on the Internet. So, 
And they love doing it, that's for sure. We're going to be joined by both Mike Reiser and Joe Caprino later on in the show. We want to give a shout-out locally here to uh, some of the county wrestlers who competed at different tournaments this weekend. I want to give an especially uh, big shout-out to Ryan Fawbush, who's been working really, really hard for the Belmont Braves. He went to JV State this weekend and finished in second place. He won his first two matches and made it to the finals where he lost to a young man from Penn. Also wrestling there, Devin Gephardt got fifth. Luke Hirely got uh, third. And then middle school season started this weekend. The Belmont Middle School uh, team went to the Franklin Super Duels that they always go to. 16-team tournament, and the Belmont Braves ended up in fourth place there. Despite, I think they're forfeiting either four or five uh, weight classes all the way up at the top. And if you're listening to this show, you're probably going to be interested in it. You should come to Belmont tomorrow night, 5 o'clock, Belmont versus Adam Central in middle school wrestling. That should be a really, really interesting dual meet. And a lot of kids' names that you're going to recognize from listening to this show, family names. But we also have middle school state qualifiers this week. That middle school state has been around for some years now, Rex, but it's gotten to the point where they were getting 60, 70, 80 kids entered into a weight class there, and they finally had to go with the qualifier, kind of like uh, the girls wrestling like you just talked about. So some of those boys were down there in Franklin Friday night into Saturday. They ended up staying down there and just wrestling in the local qualifier. So there were some Belmont guys wrestling down at Columbus North. Jacob Binniger made the finals. He's an eighth grader at 90 pounds. So somebody to keep your eye on for next year's 106 spot. Maybe some competition for Ben Mills. Although we might see Ben Mills grow a little bit and move up to 113. Oliver Ferrote won, I believe, three matches but did not qualify. Charlie Ferrote, that would be Henry's little brother. He placed fourth. He qualifies for the state finals in two weeks at Center Grove, and Austin Manley also placed fourth. And then the Braves also had wrestlers go up to Plymouth. I know that Luke Rubel competed, and Gabe Myers finished second. And I'm pretty sure there were some Jets up there too because uh, Clay Beer, he qualified for Adam Central, and Owen Shane wrestled but finished sixth. Uh, We can ask Dean, you know if anybody else... Went what qualifier they were at? Cruz Bowers was at Carmel. He didn't make it. Oh, they went to Carmel. Okay, so Cruz Bowers wrestled at the Carmel qualifier and did not make it. But you can watch all of those wrestlers right here, Indicator, at Belmont Middle School, uh, Tuesday evening. It's going to be a good dual meet. I encourage everybody who's a wrestling fan in Adams County to come out and support those middle schoolers because those are the kind of kids that we're going to be talking about here in a few years or two. Uh, and also, we've got to give a shout-out to Purdue's Joey Blaze who pulled off the big upset over uh, Peyton Robb uh, today, yesterday? It was today, right? Peyton Robb ranked number three in the nation. And, of course, Joey Blaze is a name that has meaning for us here in Adams County because that is currently who Ike Rubel sits behind in Purdue's lineup. I guess if you're going to sit behind somebody, sit behind somebody who can knock out number three and a two-time All-American. Yeah, we, we get a little bit of a break from the AC, uh, ACAC Friday night. And we walked down, and what we do, we gathered around the TV, and we were watching IU wrestle Purdue. And uh, somebody walked by and said, you guys can't get enough wrestling. You have to take a break from wrestling and watch wrestling. just happened that uh, Blaze was wrestling a guy and got beat 2-1 by the guy from Iowa. So, Yep, Big Ten wrestling heating up here 
in the, the next couple of weeks, and there's some really good dual meets between uh, Big Ten teams. And then, obviously, when the high school season's over, we switch to the postseason in, uh, in college wrestling as well. Well, Rex, let's send it to uh, the studio for a round of messages. That'll give us a few more minutes with, uh, with Mike Reiser. Are you ready for spring? Come see what we have growing in the greenhouses. Hi, it's Jessie at Heller Nursery, and we are open all winter long. Heller Nursery always has a wide selection of houseplants in stock and pottery for inside and outside the house. We are preparing for spring every day now, and with new shipments of decor, pottery, plants, and seeds, there's always something new to see. Check out hellernursery.com to see our wide selection of spring offerings of trees, shrubs, fruits, and perennials. Heller Nursery, open seven days a week. DDD Maintenance and Repair, owned and operated by Shane Reynolds, has your local professionals for heavy-duty truck and diesel engine repair. DDD Maintenance and Repair also offers full-service sand and glass blasting for your surface restoration projects. Whether it's getting your heavy-duty truck and diesel engine running like new or sandblasting your project to look like new, we have a blast renewing the past. Give Shane and the guys a call at 260-223-5442. That's DDD Maintenance and Repair. Brad Weber proudly supports the WZBD Wrestling Coaches Show. He also supports youth football in Adams County as a board member of the Decatur Football League and president of Belmont Cadet Football, giving our youth the chance to learn the great game of football. Some of the best football players in our area have also been fantastic wrestlers. That's why famous coaches like Joe Gibbs and John Madden always wanted wrestlers on their team. Find out more about youth football opportunities by giving Brad a call at 452-7045 or email bw at bradweberlaw.com. Welcome back to Hager Hersheyville High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. And now we are joined by the rankings guru from IndianaMat.com, uh, Mike Reiser. Mike, how are you doing this evening? Uh, really good. Uh, happy some of this weather passed, and hopefully uh, we're done with the snow and can get on to the sectional or regional. I don't know. It was still three degrees on my truck thermometer when I went to church this morning. Three degrees is way too cold. Oh, yeah. Uh, when it starts getting under, like, 20, I'm always like, why do I live here? <laughs> well, Rex, knowing Mike, as long as I have, it's never too cold to have a little softball practice at his household. <laughs> no, we practiced today. We went to uh, – we have a dome right here uh, about 20 minutes uh, north of us and had a really good practice. And my younger daughter was actually in Bettendorf, Iowa. They played a tournament. They were runner-up. So. Mike and I were on a Zoom call earlier this afternoon with the uh, Coaches Association already talking about the 2025 uh, team state duels and one thing of note that came out of that meeting and just kind of throw it out there for people um, team state next year is on January 11th the, the, the calendar sort of flips back or flips forward however you want to look at it and the corresponding week is January 11th next year so we'll actually have a Saturday in between the Al Smith and then there'll be an open Saturday, and then we'll have Team State. So that will make next season look a little bit different than it did this year. Yeah, I mean, I think that'll be a, a good weekend to, for you, especially to get a couple extra res, uh, results and get some seeding stuff taken care of. And um, always interesting. Those, those meetings are really cool because you get a lot of different opinions and uh, a lot of different people from across the state and different areas. And uh, but, like, always really, really interesting to hear, like, people's thoughts and stuff and kind of the planning and how easy going. Like, we got, like, Greg Ratliff is. He's been great. 
Yeah, and one thing that's always interesting, and I think a lot of people don't realize this if they're not really directly involved in a team, uh, Mike and I aren't coaches, so we can sit on our couches on Sunday afternoons, but we were the only ones sitting on our couches because all of the other coaches that were in on those calls, they were either in a gym or driving their cars uh, and, and, and coming home, trying to do three things at once. And people who think that, that a high school wrestling coach just shows up Saturday morning rides the bus, coaches, and then goes home. They don't have any idea what the, what the sport is like right now because all of those guys are putting 18 hours in on a Sunday to continue to better their programs. Oh, yeah. We, we had a couple guys uh, that had a satellite in. I know uh, Coach Reeson, uh, Reeson was at his uh, – I think he was at the middle school qualifier. And, um, but we talk about that a lot like, on Grilla Radio, and I'm sure you guys kind of hit on it too. Um, the teams that are the best teams in the state, are, you see those same coaches everywhere. Those are the hardest-working guys in the state, not just the wrestlers, but the, the coaches, and they're at every event, and they're constantly, you know, you'll see you know, the, the Bill Hawkins and the Derek Snyders and Kyle Ayersman and the assistants and Brandon Lord. They're at all those events, and it's just, um, it, it's, you know, like obviously they have some uh, blessings of living in great communities, but those guys are out there grinding and that's why their programs are doing it. Uh, Cooper at Columbus East, I, I feel like he does a ton of wrestling. So, Mike, uh, Dane and I kind of brought this to light uh, when we did the girls' state finals. The guys that really do the extra work are the guys that are the girls' coaches as well. And some of these guys, in some cases, may not be getting any extra money for but they're putting the time in. So you take all those guys that are doing this, these weekend wrestling and then you throw a girls' season into there that is now over. But when that girls' season is in, there's, you know, 10, 12 girls' tournaments around the state that, that really had those guys on the road all the time. And I, I, we tip our hats to those guys that put in the extra work that had the very successful girls' programs as well. Oh, yeah. Um, I had a really cool opportunity. Uh, I was driving back and forth at Al Smith, and uh, Paul Maldonado, he was there on, uh, on Friday, and he needed a ride back, so he jumped in, and he was going to coach the, the girls' regional. And uh, just hearing him talk about it and, like, the experience of coaching there, and he's still coaching with Dave on the varsity side too. And um, and his boys are done, you know. So, like, just giving back, and it was just a really cool conversation of where that sport and how the coaching works on that. And it's, I, I was, you know, it's, it's really fascinating to, to see the direction, and I know Indiana's done a really good job, and, you know, I, and I've heard it with you guys, and I think it's going to be sanctioned next year, but there's a lot of people working hard, um, and a lot of ladies working really hard. It's just a cool environment. It's a really different vibe than um, being at, like, a, a, a boys' meet. So. Uh, Mike, kind of funny you mentioned our good friend Paul Maldonado. He was a guest on our broadcast on Friday at the state finals, and uh, the reason that we spotted him was he was taking pictures. He was down on the floor with a camera in his hand, I think he was uh, subbing in for Juan, um, who's usually the one taking pictures. But uh, those types of guys, they love the sport. They love being a part of it. And, and you could just tell, talking to Paul, that he was just as excited about what those girls in the Purple Singlets were doing as what the, the, the boys will be doing this Saturday. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and that's a guy that's had a lot of success in the sport. His family's, you know, legendary. And, and I think, like, sometimes you get past that and you get to the coaching side and like, well, he's a really good coach. He's a really good competitor. So uh, wrestling really helped him um, as a person and, like, in his career. And I think giving back. And I can't even imagine how many lives he's changed. And now with the female side, like, helping those girls achieve their goals and dreams. Okay, let's get down to business now. 
Uh, Mike, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Yeah. Yes or no, the Fort Wayne Semi-State will have a state champion this year. I think they do. I, I think they will have a state champ. Uh, I mean, you guys have some really, really high-end guys. Uh, I think the depth's really done well. I mean, I don't know. Like, I think kind of getting those academies and getting those guys trading together and um, getting some like-minded people. And I know you guys have been doing it at Belmont with uh, Coach Myers, and I know he was doing his thing. But look how many people got better from there. I would say Jensen Boyd has to be right in the mix. I don't think he's really been pushed this year. Um He's really good. He's, he's really, really good. Okay, so our next question for you, and this is what I told you we were going to talk about. What are you looking for on Wednesday when it comes to uh, seating meetings, selections on who's going what weight, injuries, those types of things? Yeah, I know um, there were some, some rumors floating around about some guys coming back. I know. Uh, and it, I mean, it was from a pretty reliable source. It sounded like VZ was going to come back. Um, but I don't know if he had a qual- enough qualifying weigh-ins, and I don't know where he was going to be at. It wasn't going to be a Snyder. So I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but that would be something I'm interested in. Uh, there was some talk about Tylen Thrine going to 26. Um, some people out there said that he never made scratch. Uh, I'm interested to see if Aiden Diaz, who was at Wheeler, uh, his dad was a coach there, his brothers were a state medalist. He's currently at Penn High School. I know they're waiting for his eligibility to be cleared. Um, I think that would really help Penn a lot. Uh, and, and there's always some like crazy weight change. I think we got some really interesting weight changes at the team state with McConnell going to 190. I think it puts him in the mix for a state title to help center Grove. Um, Klauser the week before that. Uh, I don't think either of the big boys at uh, center Grove are going to 215. Um, I think Nate Johnson was a full 250. So if, if he ends up at 215, I'll be floored. But is he number one in your uh, rankings for mullets, Nate Johnson? Oh, yeah. He, dude, his, he's, that's a glorious mullet. Glorious. Um, he, he's pretty good. There's a, there's a middle school kid. I think he just plays fifth at Tulsa. I think he's a Westfield kid. His name's Connor the, Connor the uh, Mullet Coop, um, Maddox. I haven't really seen it, but if you're putting the mullet on your uh, track wrestling profile, it's probably pretty good. <laughs> that's the kind of t- content we're here for, Mike. You know, I, I, there's like things you go through and you see, and you're like, "That's wild, man." But there's just some wild stuff that happens in the sport. Um, and we had, we kind of had some dead weeks up here with, uh, with the weather. You know, DAC. Uh, I was gonna announce the DAC on Saturday, and then they canceled. But uh, you see some stuff, and it's it's wild, man. So uh, tell us a little bit about what you'll have for Indiana Matt this week. Obviously, uh, you're gonna do one final round of rankings. If there are any omissions or weight changes, you'll adjust those and, and put those into the final rankings? Yeah, um, I'll probably wait till all the brackets get out. I'm going to have – I kind of had a rough draft this week, and, and there just wasn't a ton of wrestling going on. I know there was some, actually some really good matches this past week, and I got a lot of messages. Um, but <clears throat> I'll probably put the rankings together and then check the scene, confirm everyone's in the bracket. Uh, there's always someone that, you know, flying under the radar that, you know, you'll find a kid that's randomly, you know, 38 and two and they hadn't really sent anything in. You know, I met, I met Courtney Duncan a couple weeks ago. Um, his daughter's a really good softball player and we played him in for a championship and, uh, and crew Farrell is a guy that I think is kind of flying under the radar. He took a loss to a Noblesville kid early on. That's kind of kept him out of the rankings and we don't get a ton of, uh, Frankton results, but that's a kid that can make a lot of noise and, 
Courtney's a real good dude. How hard is it for you to rank some of those kids? We were talking earlier about a, a Braden Daniels from Union City, 28-1, um, comes from a small school and kind of a forgotten, um, you know, hard to use the cliche, corner of the state. But it's got to be difficult sometimes when you know a kid's got a good record and you know he's going to be seated high and, and have an opportunity to win some matches, but you really don't have those head-to-heads or those comments even with some of the other guys in your top ten. Um, yeah, and I, I think that's really hard for the kid, too. I'm sure uh, – and he's a guy that's on the watch list, Braden Daniels. I think he's really good. And he's, he's kind of been in the mix. I think he's had some really good records in the semi-state. And he just kind of fell in some of those spots that are just been really difficult. Like, uh, Fort Wayne, I always saw Joe, and, and they've kind of spread it out somehow. Like, there'd be, like, one way – and I'd, I'd be like, you guys don't – got these guys talking? Like, why do you guys have six guys ranked at 120? Like, why don't you guys move some guys around? Like, take some of those guys at 13, take them at 26, get those medals. Like, I, um, I think Daniel's loss is to the kid from Columbus North at the ECIC. That's the only, that's the only loss he has this year. And I know you have um, the Columbus North kid ranked 17th right behind Cody Rouse. So I think Daniel's is probably right there. It says that match on Indiana Matt was 9-6. to six. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I think for those guys, and, and there's some other guys too, like uh, like Jaden o- like Ozzy from Coyon uh, Central. Um, he just took his first loss this past week, uh, two to one. But it, he's another guy that's like sometimes you gotta look at like some of the summer stuff and see who they're hitting. But it's it's incredibly difficult. I think some some of those smaller programs to to get the training partners. Um, you know, obviously we're up here in the region and, and we're pretty lucky. I think Joe had sent me something that only there was only four undefeated teams this year and Crown Point was one of them. But, like, Crown Point, you're getting state-level matches every day in your room. On top of, you know, sometimes they're getting drop-ins like John Morrison, who was an All-American at Oklahoma State, or Stefan Michik, who's a world champ. And uh, I just it, – it would be incredibly hard to see that, like, at some of the smaller programs. Like, training-wise, you might just be training with your coach or, I don't know, one partner. You know, Mike, uh, I look at the rankings, and, you know, I'm in a tournament. I'm jumping back and forth between the Fort Wayne Semi-State and then the overall state, and I know that you rank the overall, and then there's a different person who ranks the Fort Wayne Semi-State. There's a couple of weight classes. There's some real disparities in, in the rankings between your top 20 and, and their one through eight, and uh, people look at that and go, how could that be? Well, it happens to be just opinions. Uh, how, how do you kind of base yours that uh, you think that you compare your guys based on the guy that runs the Fort Wayne Semi-States. Uh, Caleb does an amazing job. Um, he, he's probably, like, uh, especially, like, like uh, we do the pick and stuff, and that's kind of how he got into that position. He was really, really good at that. And it, he's, he's really good. Um, he sees those guys a little different than I do. Uh, the funnier part is, um, if you go and look at East Chicago, um, the East Chicago rankings don't match the, the state rankings. So, and I do both of them. So, um... <laughs> Are you arguing with yourself? Uh, you know, I, so there's like some spots where uh, it becomes like draws and kind of how it figures out. Like Alonzo Tantia from Plymouth, and I, I'm, I know you guys saw him at uh, Al Smith. He was re- he's really good. And he had a really big win over Tegan Newell, but he had a loss of Justice Thrasher. And then Tegan Newell turned around and beat Justice Thrasher, and Cash Mays beat Tegan Newell. So when you get that mix, those guys are not always going to see each other. So Tegan Newell moves up ahead of Cat Thrasher. Um, Cash Mays moves ahead of Tegan Newell, and Alonzo Chantia kind of falls down a spot. 
and it, it becomes like, oh man, I, I don't understand like why he fell back, but it's just one of those things. But in the semi-state, Chantia is the third ranked uh, 106 of the semi-state. So I had a Certainly interesting stuff and, and one of those things where you may think you have it all figured out and then one of those guys bumps up to 113 or, or, or to a different weight class and then you don't know where to put them. Um, one last question before we let you go. We switch over to Joe after the commercial break here. What, <laughs> what sectional uh, will you be at on Saturday? I'm going to head to Crown Point. Uh, it's the closest to my house. Um, I, I'll go check that out. I, I mean, I think some people give me a little bit of a hard time. It's funny, me and Joe were talking about this. You can ask Joe. Like, Joe gets that he's this huge Brownsburg lover. And I don't know if you guys get that from him. I don't, I don't get that vibe from him, but the Crown Point guys, like, oh, you give all Brownsburg love. And the Brownsburg guys, you give Crown Point all the love. And everyone else talks about who we give all this love to. But it's literally 20 minutes from my house. It's the closest sectional, so I'll be there. Um, I'll probably go to the Hobart Regional because uh, it's close to my brother's house, and I'll go check that one out in the East Chicago semi-state. Well, and then Evansville, man. Mike, you got more pride than we do because we will openly admit that we cheer for whoever gives us more T-shirts. <laughs> I know. Oh, I see. Well, that's what I was telling Joe Hansen, man. He's he's giving the guys the the business about the Hobart Regional not ranked high enough. I said I've seen him give you a bunch of stuff, and one day you got more Hobart gear than I did in like five years. <laughs> that is very true. That is exactly <laughs> what I got. Hey, Mike. As always, a, a real treat to talk to you. Best of luck in uh, getting your rankings finalized before you uh, slide your VHS copy of Vision Quest into the VCR on Friday night ahead of going to the Crown Point sectional. Yes, sir. I'm going to try to do a pegboard, like Loudon Swain. I like it. <laughs> See you, Mike. See you, guys. Thank you. Let's send it back to the studio for a round of commercials. Come back with our overtime period. You listen to High School Wrestling Weekly on WZBD. Wygan Construction in Fort Wayne is building landmarks that impact the lives and communities we serve. At Wigand, we believe that our most important responsibility as a building contractor and construction company is to stand by our commitments to our clients and to our community. That's why we believe in supporting high school athletics, where our local teenagers show their commitments to their teammates, their coaches, their schools, and their communities. Wigand Construction. Trust. Well built. The staff at Haggard, Hershey, and Zelt Funeral Home is honored to serve the community we love and live in. Locally owned and operated by Ryan Hershey and Eric Zelt, we understand that each family we serve and each life lived tells a unique story. Our goal is to offer comfort, care, and dignity to all who entrust their loved ones to our care. We are proud to call Adams County our home and look forward to serving you for generations to come. Once again, the Hager Hershey Zelf High School Wrestling Weekly. As always, we're here at the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. And for the overtime period, our final thoughts, uh, special guest on the phone with us, the other half of the main guy from IndianaMat.com and uh, the other half of Gorilla Radio Combo, Joe Caprino. How you doing tonight, Joe? I'm doing good. How are you guys? We're good. Joe, we wanted to bring you on here in our last five minutes of the program to talk a little bit about what wrestling fans across the state can expect from Indiana Matt here in the postseason. What do you got in store for us? Uh, well, we got uh, all the brackets should be loaded in, and uh, you just go to the brackets tab, and you can find easy access to all our brackets. That's one of the biggest things. Uh, we'll start making uh, regional brackets with rankings and everything in it. Uh, starting Saturday after every, every sectional wraps up, we'll get those nice, fancy Indiana Matt brackets that uh, – 
look way better than the IHSA ones and have a little more details than, than the normal brackets. Um, we'll do that for semi-state and state also. So I know, I know, I know we walk around all the time and see people with those uh, brackets, which is always kind of fun to, fun to see them walking around with those brackets and doing their picks. Uh, we'll have our pickums for the state series for the semi-state and state. I know those are always popular. You know, some, some of those people down South, you guys, uh, take it really seriously. So we got to dethrone the Caleb's and, uh, <laughs> And all those guys down there. So uh, that some articles, obviously, just keep you know doing our doing our coverage and guerrilla radios. Get a little bit more fun once we start to you know narrowing down the field and just whatever comes up, I guess. Pretty much the same stuff, and uh, you'll get to see my smiling face on the the IHSA uh, bracket reveal show too. So that's always a, a pretty cool thing. Now I was going to ask you: Do you already have your appointment set up with the uh, with your salon person? Your haircut? You got that all worked out for to get your best look? Uh, not yet, but I, that is a good reminder. I probably need to make sure I get uh, all my hair cut. Well, well, somebody <laughs> notice for- it's singular. So, somebody forgot to tell Bob Level to get that lined up before he <laughs> went on the uh, the uh, bracket show tonight for uh, girls basketball. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll make sure I don't make that mistake. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about what that preparation looks like for you as far as, um, you know, you don't get to see those brackets until Sunday morning, if I remember you telling me correctly. But you're definitely looking through things and looking through results on Saturday night, trying to think about what it is you're going to say about some of these different guys. And I know we we talked to you at the end of the year last year about how difficult it was because you really want to mention everybody or at least try to, but there's just simply not enough time in in that program. No, yeah, it's it's basically a lot of a uh, little bit more structured version of guerrilla radio when we go over the brackets <laughs> and try try to say something, a little bit of tidbit about everybody or you know highlight the big matchups and things like that. So uh, I'll have the I'll have everything ready to make my make our brackets before we go down there. That way I can once I get the brackets I can uh, figure those out and get the rankings plopped in there and kind of highlight some of the big matchups between state qualifiers or. You know, the, the rematch of the Al Smith finals, that's Friday night, that, you know, was a triple overtime match and things like that. So it's just a matter of just doing that and having Indiana Matt ready to go and doing all the, uh, you know, knowing what, you know, what Mike and I do going over the the uh, results and everything every week. That's kind of my biggest preparation. Now, of course, um, as we mentioned earlier in the show, you're going to have a special episode of Guerrilla Radio on Thursday night live from Evansville. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Uh, We're going to, I think, uh, Triple B is organizing a little uh, social get-together. We'll go live from wherever he's, uh, whatever hole-in-the-wall family restaurant that he is uh, helping us reserve, and we'll take guests, and we'll go live and talk wrestling and have a little bit of fun Thursday night in Evansville. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, the long drive and probably just calling everyone I can if, if I can't find a few uh, people to ride with me. So we'll uh, figure that out when we get there. But it should be a lot of fun and just, you know, talking to people about wrestling and having a good night of, uh, of interaction with a lot of the fans down south. Well, Joey, thank you for coming on the show tonight. We look forward to uh, uh, increased traffic at Indiana Matt all week long leading up to the opening whistle. Uh, where will you be at on Saturday? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> As with Mike, I don't have much of a uh, – I don't have anywhere I need to go. I might head over to the New Haven. To, I've never really been to their sectional, so I might check it out there. I 
I think the team race there is going to be pretty fun with uh, Homestead and New Haven and Snyder. I think that's going to be a kind of a fun uh, sectional right there. And throw in some teams like, like Leo that's having a real good uh, wrestle real well this past weekend. So might go there to see some uh, good wrestling and see how that, how that uh, shakes out there. Well, Joe, we thank you for coming on the show to end our episode tonight. And uh, when we talk to you next, we'll be in the thick of things as far as wrestlers being eliminated and talking about when the brackets come out and, uh, of course, discussing uh, who has the key to the semi-state formula and how they find out when it comes and uh, all of those things. But uh, it's, the, it's the greatest time of the year for a high school wrestling fan, and uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Yep, thank you very much. Thanks, Joe. Well, Rex, another great show. Um, a great two broadcasts in the ACAC and NE8 uh, tournaments. And uh, we now get to take a few deep breaths on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and sort of <laughs> prep for our Saturday broadcasts. And, um, you know, follow along, WZBD.com. We got... Uh, the ladies did a great job on uh, behind the camera on Friday and Saturday night. We got some great podium pictures. Uh, we got some great action shots. And we've got uh, all the analysis. And the, the studio did a great job of cutting up some of the clips from our broadcast. And you can expect more of the same uh, on the sectional articles. We'll have the full uh, rundown for what happened at the seating meeting later this week. And uh, lots more coverage for high school wrestling. And... Uh, we're, like we said with Joe, on to that uh, most exciting part of the season. You know, while, while you were talking to those guys, I had uh, com up and was looking at the article that uh, you had time to get written for the uh, NE8 and saw some great pictures in there. And uh, you said uh, Chris, Chris Everett back in full force. Yeah, it definitely. And, you know, the, the articles, I've had a couple people reach out to me. They're like, well, you, you, uh, you've got – the articles look different than from what's in the paper, but, you know – WZ paper? What paper? WZBD is is broadcasting those events live, and you know I think we're bringing you a lot of that information, and you can always go back and listen to the actual matches as they happen on the podcast side of things. And one thing that I do want to note, um, because of the way the technology works, some people are reading those articles when they're up within the first ten minutes. Uh, check back on some of those things if you're really interested in an event because a lot of times things get added on to them later on. More pictures come in, more information comes in, they get updated. Uh, eventually, almost everything that we broadcast, Dave will go back in and insert the full uh, clip for those broadcasts. And if you are interested in what that sounded like or what that interview was like and you don't see the, the cut-up clip, it's all usually there um, and, and archived for you, and, and, and it's, it's great content, and we really appreciate it. Um, Chris did a great job on Friday night at the swimming meet at Jay County. She did such a good job that I had an advertiser reach out today and say, hey, I love what you did. What do I need to do to sponsor this for the rest of the year? And uh, we reached out to them, and they hooked us up with the sponsorship. And, uh, you know, Chris and Kristen are just so talented and uh, look forward to their coverage throughout the rest of the of the postseason here for wrestling. Now, I can vouch for you on the fact that those are updated real time because I was telling you one time, I was like, oh, you've reversed this guy's name. He goes, oh, hang on a second. He went into the, <laughs> went into the website, changed it, and corrected it like that, and it, come, it was right back up. But 
to quote a line from Blazing Saddles about our website. We don't need no stinking paper. <laughs> That's right. So with that, I'd like to thank Steve for uh, running aboard for us tonight. I'd like to thank all of our sponsors who let us talk about wrestling here on Sunday night. I'd like to thank the Double Eagle for their hospitality and their great food. And uh, thanks for the huge crowd that came out here tonight to witness it. There's a, there's a crowd. They sound bigger than they really are. But uh, we appreciate everything. And uh, tune in. Uh, oh, we got wrestling on Saturday mornings, first thing. Now, hey, remember, Saturday morning, first round, WZBD Radio YouTube. We're going to cover the first round on YouTube. That way it gives the coaches show time to react. It gives the uh, guys at the studio time to f- switch over. So we're going to be on YouTube Radio for round number one of sectional, regional, semi-state. Yep. Well, semi-state, we always cover semifinals on, so we may not need it. We will We will see. But definitely this week, uh, if there is a rat tail match, we will have it. And then the, the opening, what is the quarterfinals, yeah. we will have on the, on, the, on the YouTube channel. And then from there, all the rest of the coverage will be on, um, on WZBD on 92.7. That's if this old boat of a, <laughs> of a right. laptop doesn't die. But uh, we'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. And that wraps another show here. You've been listening to High School Wrestling Weekly on WZBD. Mm-hmm.